That's right. The show is now hosted by Chris and Chris Plus Plus. That is that is yeah. the <laughs> oh, <that's- laughs> welcome to the Refactored Podcast, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Refactored, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck a little less every day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And today is, what is it? May 25th, 2021, episode 24. All right. So I was doing some hiring, you know, we were talking before about the hiring blitz right now. And so I was reviewing resumes the other day and I had a random flashback while I was reviewing resumes to my own. Uh, early days of submitting resumes. And one of one of the things I thought of <laughs> was when I was younger and I would submit resumes, I always made sure that when I submitted the resume, it was done in a PDF format and not Word. And the mm-hmm. reason that I did that was because I didn't I didn't want I worried about the company taking my resume and I don't know, stealing the content, repurposing it, reusing it, modifying it. I was worried about. Applicant, uh, uh, the application reviewers munging it before sending it up the chain. Like, yeah, you can't do that with a PDF. So (laughs) you're safe there. (laughs) It was the best I could do in the situation, but it was just I I, I thought about the thought process. (laughs) I just I just thought, wow, I was really dumb. (laughs) I have always I've always sent PDF. I had a I had a slightly less but not really less dumb reason um always have and 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 will continue to send in pdf my initial concern was that there was at least a season where word would save version history by default in document metadata oh Um, there were some uh, there were some high and you know lower but there were some high profile examples at one point where uh, like a company would issue a press release and then people would unpack the word and then see that they had internal comments that you know made everybody look bad and those kinds of things and so i was always paranoid about that that's why i would originally pdf it now um now it's just i don't have to it just looks the same and that's the only True. reason that i but like as a hiring yeah. manager i don't care it's his word it's pdf you can send me a resume markdown like i really don't care it's the content that matters i do look at the layout and we've talked about that ad nauseum but right um uh, but, but yeah. all the resumes that i've looked at a lot of them come through in document i have <clears throat> excuse me i have never actually parsed out and broken down a word doc Ever. I've never done it. I've, I, in fact, if I don't have what to. Do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, like actually downloaded the document, loaded it in Word and utilized the fact that it was a Word doc to edit it, to even look at the history. Oh, like I've oh, never no. done any of no. that stuff. In fact, the most ideal resume for review for me is the one that just loads natively in the browser inside my ATS. So that I can just read it, digest it and move on. And I don't even look notice or care what format it's in you know yeah uh but anyway so i I had that thought and i I chuckled to myself oh you know what a what a what a noob i was and so i was (laughs) i was curious uh i was curious about other things that you wish you knew when you were either just starting out or you know new in your career or even new to a certain level you know, not necessarily total greenhorn things, but things you wish you knew moving, moving into, uh, into positions. Um, I, 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 I think I'll, I'll borrow and sort of, uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build off of something we talked about last week. You know, with the, with the listening. Uh, that was one that I really wish I had, I had done, I had known, I had been able to internalize better earlier, and I still fight myself on it. You know. As you know, I have a, you know, a propensity for for gabbing hyperverbosity. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, And so I am always fighting that in in meetings and, and particularly with my team or with my managers or, you know, with a subordinate 
and always making sure that I'm shutting up and letting them talk and letting and and just listening to to what they say. There's an XKCD where the guy like like uh, the guy won't come to bed because he's up late because somebody is wrong on the internet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And so, if fighting, fighting, even you know, not even beyond that, just just letting that person have the floor and mm-hmm. and using the opportunity because you learn so much more. It's it's a double whammy. You learn so much more when you keep your mouth shut, which you know, obvious, duh. But more interestingly, you become, in the eyes of your audience, you actually become a better conversationalist when you're when you're doing less talking. When what you're doing is asking questions and then uh, just digesting their their answers. And so, I wish that I had known earlier how valuable that could be, really, at, at any stage in your in your career. So I was curious. Off, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if there's one off the top or one or two off the top of your head, where it's like, man, I really wish I had known this earlier. I would be curious for resumes specifically. No, not for resumes. I was using that oh, as a springboard. Oh. It could be literally anything, <laughs> like things you wish you knew earlier in your career. I wish I knew how hard it was to name things and and do uh cash invalidation. You know, yeah. I mean literally anything. I think for me it's the fact that just everybody's faking all of the time. Yes. Coming to that realization oh, yes. sooner. Oh man. Because I have never not once not once have I asked a question and then had a boss or or somebody else laugh in my face you know like there's a little cartoon character in your head that's going to get laughed out of the room never once has that happened in fact the the farther the farther i advance in my career the more i learn that that asking the questions that's a skill that's a value add because a lot of other people are afraid to do it like how many i i mean even even recently uh on a call with some executives uh, hey can somebody explain this because I, I maybe you know and you can make up something like oh i wasn't here last week or whatever the thing you know you don't even have to qualify you don't it's even just, have to qualify it yeah that's I was, what I'm i had i had uh, there was some some internal paperwork and it has an acronym that we use and i said hey what does that stand for nobody knew <laughs> With the organization for <laughs> multiples longer than I have been, oh, and everybody man. uses this term all the time. I said, "What's that stand for?" Nobody, could, nobody, nobody knew off the top. Of the, oh, I don't know. Okay, great. You know, and it, that's a trivialized example, but you know, it's 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 true. Sometimes, like the obvious, and and that's and that's I think where where the trick of it comes in. You're not going to ask the obvious question because it's obvious and you'll look dumb. But that's why you have a team of diverse thought processes and opinions because the question that's obvious to you is not obvious to everybody else or if it is they're going to be afraid to ask it because they think it's obvious and people will laugh them out of the room like charlie brown right right? and right that that is i think that's the one thing because i'm a curious guy i'm a question asker i'm not afraid to look like the idiot but the more I ask questions, the more I realize that that doesn't make you look dumb at all. You know, it's no. self-deprecating. I say, oh, I, all right, I'll be the dummy in the room. Like, what is this stand for? Um, that's never it's never been the case that like I've just I've only learned and the conversation has only benefited from asking questions, even obvious ones. Take a step back. Hey, why are we even having this discussion? <laughs> like, that's a pretty obvious. Why am I here? You know, um, what is my purpose uh, in life? <laughs> yeah, because I'm full of I'm like I'm a question asker. I'm full of curiosity and I, I love learning and I just I can't I'm not that every question yields to more and, and I got to stop myself sometimes. But you get in those weird situations where there's these weird psychological social factors that kind of inhibit that curiosity or inhibit that kind of challenging what's going on. And, and that don't <laughs> it would be my <laughs> advice to younger me. Don't. <laughs> right. Right. I, I totally. Totally get that. And it, it, it's, it's funny. We, we all sort of operate in a, in a societal structure that stopped evolving at about high school. You know, like the, the social structures themselves feel that way. But then all you have to do is break through the the veil and you realize, you know, everyone else is thinking the same thing. Wide too. Open oh, field. I don't I don't yeah. I don't I don't want to. I act like it. I act like I'm in high school because and 
I don't want to go too far with this analogy, but you know, they, 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 because you are hormonally and emotionally stunted. No, we understand. (laughs) This is a safe space. It's it's the assumptions that you make about what others go to exactly to your point about not knowing it's the assumptions that you make about how others will perceive you based on what you say or do. And you don't need to, in the reality is everyone else you know, moved past it as well, just like you did. But the, we're all making the same assumptions that there's somebody in the room somewhere who's still acting like it's high school. And we and we still need to uh, meet that lowest common denominator. Well, sometimes and, it's just a it's just a a a momentum of, you know, in, of, of intellectual and emotional momentum. And you because because if you're, you know, if you're a functioning human, you don't have to know everything that's being discussed on a conversation to participate, to add value, to have perspective and to move things forward. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that you fill in on context clues. Somebody just said X and I think I know what that means. And I bet in another minute I'll get validation that that's in fact what it means. And I don't want like I actively don't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation just to make sure I understand that in full. And sometimes you right. make that decision. I don't want to derail this conversation for that right now. And then a minute later, you find out, yes, that's exactly what this was. And I'm oriented still and I keep going. Well, you make nine of those decisions in a row and you get used to not asking the question and right. assuming that you understand it from context clues or that you soon will or that you'll look it up later and that's not, you know, that and then and then you get in the habit of just not asking and and that can be something that that presents a barrier it's like these one of these subtle psychological your mm-hmm. brain is constantly an idiot and constantly outsmarting you that's the right you know that's a good way it of really it. is yeah it, it, re- it really is and so okay so being a- a- asking the question when you don't know the answer and, and being totally fine with that i think that's that's a yeah. that's a really that's a really good one for sure um nobody cares about your resume to mine you know, I, th- I think that that's absolutely true. <laughs> like you look at it for some information and then you move on. Nobody's nobody's doing anything to it. So in case there's anyone out there who's like me and, and worried about, uh, you know, the 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 nefarious resume reviewer, you know, with the with the with the long curly mustache and, you know, is, right. is, is modifying your stuff before they send it up to their boss and making you look like an idiot. <laughs> that's that's oh my, not that a, never that thought never even crossed my mind that somebody would. I, I would I mean you you know me. I have this I have this odd duplicitous mindset about people where I like I like and I like to think and act that in a way such that I assume the best intentions from others and I try and do that every day. At and the your same, inside voice at the same <laughs> at the same time it's not even an inside voice. At the same time I assume absolute worst possible outcome where myself is concerned. And it's not for nothing as you just as because you, you're paranoid doesn't mean nobody's out doesn't to get you. mean they're not out to get you. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, from our from our shared experience that there is some so there is some twice once bitten, twice shy to that there. You know, we have gone through yeah. some scenarios where that has that has proven out more than it than I would have expected. And so it's 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 born from experience at least a little bit. And so it's always this. So I'm always fighting this fight between myself. Where, where others are concerned, it's, it's, no, it's no problem. Like outwardly doing it on behalf of other people or, you know, for my team, it's, mm-hmm. it's never a thing. It's only, it's only incoming that I, get, that I get super paranoid. And so, I, you know, may, I mean, maybe that's another good one. You know, understanding that uh, most people are, in fact, not out to get you. You know, there is, there is no grand scheme. You know, no one from the top down in most companies, no one, literally no one is out to screw you. I see that. Uh, this is, I see that this a is lot. Something, I see that a lot. This is actually no. This is there is actually a cognitive bias, and I can't. I'll, I'll think of it. I'll put it in the show notes. There's a there's a cognitive bias that I'm going to fail to come up with on the spot, where uh, it may be attribution fallacy or something like this. It's a it's, okay. it's one of those kind of broader class of of psychological fallacies and biases where you assume. And the, the human, like you know, the human brain is an idiot, and and if something bad happens to me, the the brain needs structure. It needs uh, rational causality. It requires to make order of things, and so something bad happened to me. Well, that means somebody did it, 
and that they, they did it on purpose to me. It's like, no, the thing just happened. And the, mm -hmm. like the, the, your, your subconscious doesn't like the idea that a thing happened. No, somebody did it to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then that's, and we're all, we're all guilty of that some more than others. Um, but that's a very real, that's like a, a widely understood phenomena. And then you take that one step farther. Um, the nature of the malice that was directed toward me is directly proportional to the size of the impact. And so yeah. this is where this is where you get in. This is where you do get into like conspiracy stuff. If the impact is really great, the cause and the and the intentionality and the malice must have been equally great. Right. The mm -hmm. bad things don't just happen. Somebody did them to me. And if something really bad happened, then it was somebody that really wanted to do bad to me. And that's that is a. I got it's attribution fallacy or something like this. It's, I gotta, a, it's, I a, it's this a logical. Up. It's a logical fallacy. We'll throw it in the show notes for sure. We'll we'll find it. Um, but that's another thing that yeah. I still see that I see that with engineers to this day. And most of my team has been in the business 10 plus years, almost 20 in some cases. So these are these are well seasoned people and they still make the mistake of thinking that uh, there is an individual or group of individuals that has made decisions that are directly of uh, they are adverse to you. And that decision was made deliberately with the adverseness. Intended intended. It was it yeah. was part of the reason why they did it. They they were out to screw you. No one is out to screw you. They, I, I, no one. I, I, if I had a penny jar for the number of times in a week that I, I tell people, uh, what is this? Uh, ne never attribute to malice what can be reasonably explained by incompetence. Right? Yep. If, if so, if that guy cut me off, he's rude and he's a jerk and he's no, he didn't see you. Right. That was and that's, that's and then it. and then the road rage sets in and people get all torn up about it. And and no, he just he made him as he didn't know you were there. He wouldn't have cut you off if he knew you were. He just didn't know you. Now, is that because he didn't look? Well, he didn't look because he's ignorant. No, he didn't look because he was distracted. Right? It like it's turtles all the way down on that yep. stuff. I think yep. it's, I think it is. I think it is called attribution bias because you do the same thing. If, if I recall correctly, you do the same thing to yourself where you you give yourself biased good motives for things and explain away things mm -hmm. that you do uh whereas you you disproportionately blame other people with bad motives for the things that they do right right That's the human brain is an idiot i i, I put out a, i put out a blog post a couple of weeks ago and i mentioned you are not so smart is the name of a, a podcast and it's it's an entire podcast with this psychology guy just explaining all of the ways that you delude yourself every day. And the it's brain tricks itself, the way the brain tricks the, itself. If you constantly, and if you highly prefer, recommend, I will I will add to that. If you uh, if you get a chance, watch the show Brain Games on I think it's Discovery. the The newer episodes are set up kind of like a game show, and they use famous people, and you get some of the same stuff, that, some of the same findings. The earlier episodes are more educational documentary style, and but it, it's all good. But if I had to say, pick you know, pick the earlier stuff, uh, and it breaks down these these implicit biases and the, these mm -hmm. ways that your brain just works. It's it's not yeah. it's not good or bad. It's just it just is, and and how to how to be aware of that and the and some of yeah. the some of the leaps that your brain makes are are truly breathtaking they're, they're unbelievable just, yeah, breathtaking that's the right word breathtaking <laughs> how far yeah. your how far your head will go in a in a in a direction so um and it's all so and to it's your podcast all in, that in the name of like self-preservation and it's just it causes harm like yeah. maybe you know when tuk tuk was foraging around in the bush for for walnuts and trying to avoid the lion yeah this stuff made sense but it's just it's like a material detriment <laughs> to us now <laughs> And now, fortunately, you can fight a lot of this stuff. You just have to uh, be aware of it. And, awareness. Uh, yeah. Awareness is a, is a big piece. Just trying to keep it top of mind is, is a big is a big piece of it because you're not going to you're not going to rewire your brain, you know, but you can it's sort you of can retrain uh, it. You can retrain it. You can be self-aware. Yeah. It, it is possible to rewire your brain to a limited extent. Yeah. So, so we 
you know, like if you've done, um, I have in the in in recent memory, sort of a, a company wide like diversity, equity, and inclusion, unconscious bias, sort of a seminar thing, mm-hmm. um, and it was a good talk. And it was the same, you know. Obviously, that's talking about like, uh, you know, more social issues and and kind of things that are more uh, in the news, so to say. Right. Um, but the same sort of thing. It's like you can't. This stuff exists. You know. You, like you don't fix it, but you can be aware of it and you can have strategies to try to mitigate the impact. And so um, not to not to make a full circle out of this thing back to the beginning. Um, but I don't did we I talked to somebody about this. I don't know if it was you. The idea of redacting information on resumes before I see them as the hiring manager, like name or email or address. I've heard this before, we, but I don't think it was I don't think I had the conversation you know, with us. you. Okay. No, I don't well, think so. I just. I mean, I just gave it away. So, so but the did. idea is to to re, to reduce bias in the hiring process, intentionally redacting personally identifiable information in the resume before I see it, so that you're just gauging the resume on the merit of what's written in the content and not any of the other stuff because it does like it, everybody's biased. Um, you and know, I think there were some. You know, a standard for resumes that could, by design. <laughs> A system that would automatically redact those things. You would need you would need some sort of an open standard or like a like a like a an open like schema. schema. Yeah. But it wouldn't just be for resumes, like a CV or maybe a job listing. It's like it's like general career data. You could literally yeah, you could do that for career data and you could do it both ways too, where you actually redact, say, the company name to avoid Uh you know, avoid your own biases. I I don't know. Some yeah, some kind of schema for for careers. I don't know. Something like a career schema project dot org that all of this could be (laughs) I actually try to get career schema. Schema.org, and this is like parked. So it's, I went with cs-project.org, and we can play oh, that's we can right. make a little yeah. sponsor lingo there. We, we um, do. We need to, we need to get something. We need to get something for that. Logo. For, for, for now, it'll just be the. We'll just do that. Okay. Do the little cash <laughs> register. Because zero. There you go. That's it. Because. I just hooked that up. You never. I never played because, that one before. <laughs> because zero dollars have changed hands from myself to myself to sponsor this episode of Refactored. <laughs> that was one of my it. new ones. I've I've got a, I've, I have a backlog of a couple ideas that I need to download. That was one that yeah. I did, in fact, set up. So a couple of months in and we're already getting sponsor relationships. This right. podcast is going really well. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> before we go too far, and, and because we always forget it, I do. I think I want to call out the the Brain Game Show, and then what's the name of your podcast again that you recommended? Uh, you are not so smart. You are not so smart, and the podcast and the Brain, and the game, brain show. game Show. Those are uh, let's let's make those the pick. Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. So those the, there you go. There's some 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 two uh, go getters that you can check out. So. uh let's um let's 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 shift let's shift gears a little bit let's go on the um on the on the on the technical side so you know writing code doing development uh you i mean we can one easy segue i would say saying i don't know is even stronger of an act inside of the software development space um, because there is a lot of both personal and external pressure to know everything. Whoops. Making some noise in the background. Sorry. All the time. And it, I think it's any, uh, basically any kind of a white collary type job where it's knowledge work because mm-hmm. you were hired because of what, you know, ostensibly, mm-hmm. and you continue to be paid because of the things that you know. And so people feel like saying, I don't know, is this implicit indictment? against their viability as a contributor to the team mm-hmm. um really really harmful stuff yeah yeah and uh like the rest of the world most people are totally fine with you not knowing and in fact it's the exact opposite because it gives the other person an opportunity for them to showcase their own knowledge they get to mm-hmm. actually pay it forward and so it it you you do not do yourself any favors uh, when you say, I don't know. Okay. So attached to that, I, th- I actually, I just thought of another one. 
And I have, ne- before we leave that, I okay. have never thought, somebody on the team asked a question like, oh, how does this work? Or what is that? Or why is this? I, never once in my brain have I thought, oh my gosh, how does he not know that? That dummy. No. <laughs> I, like, oh, hey, you haven't been exposed to this for, I'm happy to show it to you. And mm-hmm. then we move on and every, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that I like to talk about when I'm, when I'm interviewing people, and it's one of the really unique things about the team that we, that we built uh, at, my, at my current company. Uh, it's an expert-based model. And so everyone has a lot of years experience. My, we, we did the, the stats. We average almost 20 years across the entire team. It's really, really high. And the end, one of the things that, one of the conclusions I drew from, from that type of pool of experience mm-hmm. is uh, that they are all readily eager and willing to share their knowledge to your benefit with no expectation of any kind of recompense and no negative valuation of the person asking. If anything, you get higher level consideration from, the, from them because you ask the question. These are all people who have dealt with the toxic environments where you do get occasionally people who put others down to stand themselves up. It does happen in, it happens anywhere. It, 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 and there is a, there's there, a crazy uncle in every family. There's a crazy you know? uncle in every family. And there is a carve out in the engineering space. I think because of the nature of the work, we tend to lend ourselves towards a less communicative, more, m- less interpersonal, more socially awkward type of personality. That's just kind of. Yeah. It's, very it's a, smart jackasses tend to flourish and that's to everybody's detriment. Right. And sometimes it's not sometimes because they just don't know any better. Again, going back to what we said before, malice yeah. versus incompetence. Most times that behavior is because they just don't know any better and they don't have those those skills developed. But th- we have all we have all been in that place with those kinds of people. And we don't we being me and me and my team of 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 uh, of experts. We've all been there. We don't like that. And we want to foster a collaborative environment. We, we know that sharing knowledge is to be expected. We know that it is impossible to know everything because this space is so big and it moves so fast. You know, it's not like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm picking an example. Uh, carpentry. Not to knock carpenters because that's an awesome skill. I'm terrible at carpentry. Okay. So, you know, don't no, no hate mail from the carpenters. Um, but it is a... It's, it's a defined space. You know, you're, it's not, that's not changing over time with the same level of rapidity that the tech space does, for example. So it's, you know, our, our, our knowledge space is just impossible to grasp. And so, you know, the fact that you ask questions is, is a good thing. And, yeah. and you know, well, we want to support and I, that. I put it even, I, I mean, I put it with my team uh, a little more sharply. I tell them, if you're not asking questions, I know you're lying. <laughs> I mean, it, it really hard. is because you, pretty sharp. You, it's pretty sharp. You got to where you are because you kept asking questions because you were newly exposed to technology as you evolved into your current self and as the technology evolved at the same time. If you stop asking questions, the technology is still evolving and you didn't know everything when I hired you. So you're pretending that you know, like, you, you know, and I say that tongue in cheek. I'm not calling somebody a liar, but I say that because it grabs people's attention and it makes them understand exactly, exactly what I mean through the importance of asking questions. Right. Um, and I, when I interview, uh, I have different categories. Usually I look for people that are more well-rounded. Um, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a generalist that specializes in a specific area probably give them preferential treatment over somebody who is expert in that area and doesn't know anything else. Right. right. I'll go, I'll go yes. wide. I'll I'd rather go wide than wide. deep, wide over yeah. deep. No, there's I, a scale. Like you, you, you have to be depending good enough role, in that area that and depending you can on the role serve too. the role. Exactly. But yeah. and as a general bias, right. Um, <laughs> so, but I will ask questions across for an engineering type role, database and network and administration and, and code and, you know, architecture and, and, you know, algorithm and it, whatever it is, I'll ask a bunch of different questions. My goal with each category, and I have maybe half a dozen or a dozen, uh, like prepackaged questions that I can ask prompts for conversation in each category. Right. The whole goal with every category is drive the candidate to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want them to say, I don't know during the interview more than one time. Because then I feel like if you can tell somebody in an interview, I don't know, 
I have no concerns you're going to be able to say that once I hire you. Now right? And that's what I... So you're no. so you're 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 giving away one of your one of your trade secrets here on on the episodes, which means anyone who which means anyone who interviews with your company, if they if they watch this podcast, if they follow this podcast, then they would have that. And so I'm actually torn. On the one hand, you've given away the you've given away the point, but on the other hand, they had to do their homework to get here. So yeah. I mean, would they end up would they be net positive on points for that? I think they would be. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> And, right. and there's it's not if and, the, you know, the fact that you you listen to my podcast, this stroke in my ego, that's not a that's not at all part of the equation here. That's not. No, no, of course not. No, of course not. Of course. Of course. Uh, I'm above right. that. You see, I don't suffer that cognitive bias. <laughs> I am supremely humble. <laughs> more humble than you. Yes. Yeah. More, more humble, humble than, than you. you. Uh, so. All right. So. So back to the back to the topic here. Things we wish we knew. Here, here's one that I that I thought of. Um, when I st- and, and I didn't fall for this, but I have seen others who have, especially as I've done interviews, a willingness to step outside. And this this is true for anybody. It's especially true in the tech sector. And it sort of applies to what we're talking about here. A willingness to step outside your comfort zone and learn new things in the space that you are completely unfamiliar with. If you, you need to be so I a story time. One of my first jobs. I was working for a nonprofit and uh, we had a new site being designed and uh, the site was being designed by a design firm and it was being converted. It was using the, the, the tools at the time. I think it was Macromedia Dreamweaver that they actually so they they did they did the design in Photoshop Illustrator, converted it to Dreamweaver and then Dreamweaver was taking it and actually building the the CSS that was attached to the site. So the designer was a designer. They weren't a web developer. And we needed to make some changes to the web components as a a positioning or a padding or underline on. I forget what the hell it was, but it was something that required us to mess with whatever it was, whatever it was. It was Dreamweaver. So it was all attributes in the HTML itself. Yeah. Yeah. But it was something that was even deeper. It was it was it was it was really nuanced. And so you actually Mm -hmm. needed to manipulate the CSS. To do it, right. you couldn't just use the Dreamweaver GUI overlay yeah. stuff. You actually had to get in and do the CSS. So we sent the request, you know, the request came to me and I went, well, I don't know CSS. Let me go to the designer who actually built the damn thing and have him do it. And he was super tentative about doing it. He, and, and I could tell he was uncomfortable because he didn't, he didn't know it. He wasn't familiar with it. He wasn't sure how long it was going to take. So he was feeling the pressure there. So I give him... I don't know, a day or two or something like that. And I don't hear anything and it's not happening. And I'm getting these, this waffling from him. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this is probably something I should know how to do anyway. So I actually called him back and said, hey, that thing about with the CSS, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll handle it. And on the phone, he was, oh, thank goodness. I, I got to tell you, I was so stressed about that because you know, I didn't know anything about it, which, of course, didn't make me feel any better because at right. this point I didn't know anything either. But yeah. but he, you know, he, he was very happy to hand that off. And I took it on and I had to knuckle down and figure out CSS. And I learned CSS to the point now where I can do really, really complex CSS cascades. And all the dynamicism, I know enough. I know CSS inside and out to the point where things like SAS and Stylus make total sense to me. And uh, it's it's it has been a valuable skill. And I have replicated that with literally everything else I've learned. But that first one and the fear I felt initially, the hesitation I felt initially. And then I and then I, you know, I, I punched through that fear, knuckled down, learned the thing. And it paid huge dividends over the course of my career. I think about that conversation with this guy a lot because what other things did he do that for? Did he ever? I I I lost contact with him because it was just you know it was a it was a vendor. But I wonder sometimes did he ever actually learn CSS? Is he still locked in his limited design space? Is he still doing websites in Dreamweaver in 2021? I wonder. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so don't be afraid of the thing you don't know punch through that fear embrace it and 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 learn it you you can you can do it i mean the the difference between the the successful and the unsuccessful person 
is taking the time to to know what they need to do. And it is really it's just putting the time in. That's all it is. It's just putting the time in. And sometimes I, I even I mean, there was something where I said this last week to my boss. I don't know anything about that. Give me a day. Let me see what I can learn. And if I come back yep. and I say either, look, other priorities, I got swallowed up. I didn't have time to do it. We're going to have to go to plan B. Or right. I, I looked into it and you know what? It's too deep and too wide and too nuanced. And I'm not, I, I can get it. I can wrap my head around it. I now understand the course concepts, but I don't understand the detail well enough to execute this. We're going to have to go to plan B. Or if the outcome is, I looked at it. It's actually pretty easy and we can go with plan A now and we don't have to, you know, right. do whatever. Nobody cares which of those three answers it is. The end result right. is you get it done and you went and you tried something. And I think if I may, your point is kind of like more of the times than you suspect, you'll be able to wrap your head around it. And oh, get it yeah. hundred percent. You'll be able to wrap your head around it for sure. And even For if sure. you can't. You at least now understand a little bit about the challenges there enough to know that next time it comes up, I'm just either I, I know I need to plan more time to sit down and wrap my arms around it. Or I know ahead of time I'm going to have to. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to have to delegate that. I'm going to double down even further than what you said. You can whatever the topic is, you can understand it. You it is can, a, right? It is Will a matter take of the time. It's a matter it's, of it's how ROI much time. on the time spent. It's, right. Yeah. It's how much time. But but this is important. There, there, yes, you're making an ROI time spent thing. This, this isn't my point. Because the, the big barrier for most people is that front hurdle. I don't know the thing. Okay. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm illustrating. No, I'm, yeah, I'm past have, that. I've, that's, that's, I know the, you yeah, are. You've, you right, said but, that well. My point is, as a follow on, whether or not you choose to continue doing them or mm -hmm. whether or not you do it in the future, get in the habit to your point, get in the habit of, of you know, it's like before you go under a cold shower, you you take that breath because <laughs> right, you're expecting, you know, walk through the breath and do the thing. It doesn't mean you do it again next time, but you get yourself to your point in the habit of of taking the step and, right, and taking right. the risk. Because many times it does work out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 it's, if you just get over that initial fear, you can figure it out. It may take you a while to figure it out, especially if it's really right. new. But other than that, you know, it's 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 totally, totally doable, I think. So anyway. Um, all right. And anything, anything else you can think of that wish you wish you knew. Avoid. On the spot. Yeah, avoid guys named Frank. I mean, that kind of goes without saying at this I mean, point. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a money recommendation now, on, right there. On, on the spot. Um, yeah, you I know. know I yeah, you on the is, spot. There is one other on the thing. Oh, there is one other thing. Uh, care about your friggin' ergonomics. Mm, care about okay. Care about your monitor position and height and resolution. Care. Notice how your neck is tilted at any given point in time. Uh, notice where your keyboard is and, and your posture and the comfort of your seat that the height that and position compounds. of your seat, the quality of your seat. Okay. Yeah, so I that, will, that compounds over time. Oh I wish my I God, had, does I it. wish I, for like a few months, uh, when I bought my first place, I had my computer monitor and keyboard stacked on a pile of boxes, you know, and I was using a card chair, uh, to sit as a desk, like Okay, yeah, that was fine because like you're young, it's your first place and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then I upgraded to a quote desk unquote and kept that for a couple of years because ah, oh, this is fine and that's kind of my attitude. I'm like, ah, it's good enough. I'll I'll deal with it. Uh, no, go back and make sure you're comfortable and make sure your body's aligned uh, and you're not abusing yourself. And that, that's, that's not just point. software. That's anytime any any anything where you're sitting for you know eight or twelve hours a day. So what are you attention to your ergonomics? What are you dealing with as a consequence of your lack of paying attention to your ergonomics? What do, what issues do you have? That you're mostly willing to discuss just, most. No, I'm, I'm willing to mostly just posture, posture, bad posture that is that is taking me significant effort to just try to. Not even correct, but just get my arms wrapped around. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I have, that's the one thing. Yeah, I have I've been lucky most of my career. I am still nursing an injury for, uh, recently when um, it was actually when I. When I switched jobs and, and my position went from B 
being sort of 50-50 code to admin to almost no code and a whole lot of admin and meetings and things like that. I had a monitor set up where I had two, two verticals for my code, and that was more central to my line of sight. And then I had a 4K, and it was all center. And that was my command center where all of my chat lived and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of uh, left that off the side. But now you're doing that most of the time. Now so your I'm head's doing cocked. So my head was cocked. But more importantly, my, my head was cocked and my my whole body actually was my torso yeah. was turned. So I have this this um, chronic knot in my right shoulder, which is my mouse hand from having my arm up and out and around. And so the muscle got fatigued and and you know my body compensated and so now i have this 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 overcompensation that i am trying to to correct and it's gotten a lot better but for a while there the pain was so bad like i would wake up in the middle of the night my shoulder would just be screaming at me in you know in the in the middle of the night and so i had to so i i broke the whole tore the whole thing down the big monitor is now in the middle and i had the two verticals i still have them but they're now on the sides and i use those for random stuff that I need to track. Like chat is on one side and then I've got, I've got the sound bar, uh, this, our, our sound effects panel right now, for example, and the, and my audio configuration stuff is, is on one of them so that I'm always looking straight on. And so I, I fix that and I'm, but I'm still, I'm still paying for it. Uh, so I, I will wholeheartedly agree with that with that suggestion that's a good call yeah and i've i've recently put a lot in uh i've recently put a lot into my my office setup um and one of the things as i've been recalibrating stuff i've noticed that uh my monitor is still too low i put my monitor it's a wall mount now rather than sitting on the desk and i Ooh, wall mount look at you fancy pants like, I, like like drilled yeah. in and, and all that stuff like a, like yeah, a mechanical yeah. arm Yep, and it, it comes out, and I can I can swivel it to point at my yeah, whiteboard. We, yeah, and now we don't know. have video right now, so you can't see it. But right. he did just pan yeah. to his whiteboard, which is pretty yeah. cool. It's so smaller it's pretty, than mine. It's a I mean, it's, it's a it's a okay whiteboard. It's not as good as it's an okay. Yeah, it's not the know. exact same. Model it's not the it's not the ceramic it, magnetic full yes, size one that I get. Well, it's yeah. not as big. It's clearly it's not a, four, it's not as good. It's clearly just. Four, Four or five foot. Well, I think, well, I think well, we four bought or five, the same one. Mine, mine's, mine's six or seven. As, as, <laughs> yeah, it's so. just add one, right? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> yours is, plus plus. Whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The show is now hosted by Chris and Chris plus plus. That is that is yeah. the oh, welcome to the Refactored Podcast, everybody. <laughs> I got nothing. I got no comeback for that. No. Um, you caught me flat footed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I did all this work to my office and everything else, and then I got a new keyboard, and that that caused me to adjust the position of my chair, and now my monitor is too low. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at the top, like, my line of sight is like 80%. Instead of being 50%, as in the middle of the, the yep. monitor, I'm now at like... 80 or 90 percent so I'm, I'm still looking down mostly so i actually have to take this off the wall and and move it up so that it's actually center that's where i think a lot of my posture is a uh monitors that were too small or resolution that was too fine caused me unintentionally to lean in mm -hmm. um and then the height of the mod like having it just sitting on the desk instead of wall mounted actually in front of me both of that, I, I kind of got like a Quasimodo thing going on here. And the, the shoulder, um, the, so the shoulder. To, well, the shoulder hunch is more. That's going to yeah. be your desk and your chair height more than anything. Yeah. So um, yeah. you just got to get your desk height and your chair height right. Um, recommend well, and that. And that is now. And that's the problem. I didn't have those perfectly. I didn't have those. Well, they were decent, but they weren't really good for me. Oh, so now you're fighting the habit. Are, you're fighting the habit. They have changed relative to the monitor. Mm -hmm. So I got to move the monitor so that i'm looking straight on instead of at a slight downward angle mm -hmm. forces me pardon me i get the hiccups uh moving the monitor up and keeping the center of the monitor at eye level will prevent me from getting into the habit of slouching because i can see just as fine you know it's going to mm -hmm. force me to sit up straight and you know keep that posture which um, you know, whatever you change that kind of stuff, you're always like sore for the first week and then you get over it. Mm -hmm. I just need enough of a reminder to keep me through the first week and then I'll be fine. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm still I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for that monitor 
that has the camera hidden somewhere inside the monitor so that I can actually middle of the monitor in the dead center of it. So that like on on every TV show, sci fi, I mean, honestly, it's not even sci fi anymore. Like any show where people are talking to people on a screen somewhere, the person on the screen is always looking at the person and the person's always looking at the screen and there's never a camera in sight anywhere. So I got to assume that the camera is directly behind the eyes of the person on the screen. I'm still waiting for that that screen. I will purchase that screen if they ever come yeah. out with it. Yeah, mine. I have I have the I have the mount my camera mounted on top of my monitor, and Me then too. I just put I just put the other party's zoom like right, right at the top it. of the monitor under it. Right. Um. And it gets it, it gets pretty. Cl- and I've actually I've actually okay. had people okay. in the past people notice this. Oh, yeah. People notice like, oh, yeah, it feels like you're really just looking right at me. And here I am looking off to this. Like, uh-huh. uh, I didn't think anybody would really notice or care. Um, but they it is it is something that people. Oh, one of my engineer, people. one of my engineers, he had his camera mounted in one place. And then his the screen where the, the zoom lived was on another mm-hmm. camera. And so he was actually turned, I don't know, 45 degrees. So he'd be looking over here from where. Yeah. And 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 again, <clears> we'd be, <throat> I, I'm saying over here, like, like anyone can see on the this podcast. This is great radio. This is great radio that we're doing here. <laughs> but I'm looking off to the side and Chris is off to my left right now. And so Chris is getting almost the, you know, get like a profile, the, the Alfred Hitchcock profile thing going on, you know, and and yeah. and, and you don't make eye contact. You can't even see the person's yeah. both set of eyes. It's yeah. it's it's it's. it's offsetting it's weird and, and it, may, it yeah. makes conversation a little bit or awkward i helped a friend a friend asked me wasn't familiar with teams and asked me to help him oh well he was a, a so so he was a blessed individual is what you were saying yeah, and you went ahead yeah. and ruined that for him way to go i did i did we he had an interview coming up that was done through teams and he hadn't used Ugh. it before he's like hey you're like uh techno can you help me make sure the setup is good hey but one you of the know things the, i did you know to computers <laughs> no to computers t-e-h no. um, to computers uh, one of the things I did, I was like, get a couple of books and prop your laptop up because yep, I'm like looking up your one. nose, like you're staring down. It's a bad angle um, here. Move it a little bit so that the light from the window kind of hits you more in the front rather than raking like those little. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, to, to ergonomics, pay attention to your ergonomics, get a good thing. I am now a huge proponent of split keyboards. Uh, so if you're a touch typist, I know I know you're not. But I'm not. Um, I'm I'm a terrible. I'm a huge, type. I am a terrible typist. Is what I am. I'm huge a terrible fan typist. of the split keyboard now, and it doesn't have to be some fancy QMK, all kinds of garbage. But uh, just just keeping the arms apart, and then I'm also now experimenting. Um, since I have a wireless mouse, I'm also experimenting with keeping the mouse in between the two keypads. Interesting. Um, the muscle memory of my my right arm going right off of the keyboard is really, really strong. It's really so strong. I keep, so I keep slapping my desk and then grabbing. <laughs> Do you know that? I don't know. Um, I know we talked about which one you have. Um, there is a model and I, there, there is a a split keyboard design that has modules, custom custom optional modules that you can attach to it. And one of the optional modules you can get is a scroll as uh, a, a trackball. And so you can oh, actually really? be typing and it's positioned near your thumb where you would have it in the space bar. And it's kind of just it, it follows the curvature of your thumb. So it's like you move your thumb up, you're hitting the space bar, you move your thumb down. It's on the trackball and you and you move the the trackball, which is a yeah, it's, it's pretty I clever design. Forget what it is. I, I've seen that one. On, on my model, uh, I have instead of a space bar that they're like two wings that are like they call them um thumb clusters mm-hmm. so each thumb has access to four keys mm-hmm. where your thumb naturally wants to sit um and so and so it wouldn't work uh wouldn't work here but anyway the, the ergonomics the ergonomics matter mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah no, stuff stuff that i wish i knew by bitcoin um <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let let let's skip. Yeah. Amazon at a buck and and that sort of nonsense. Of course. No, I don't yeah. care about Amazon. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's it. Just... <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I the, I think I'd well, buy I Amazon. Well, I should say. I mean, I was in. I got in at like 2012, 2013 time frame. So I you guess got in early. I, you definitely got in early. I would tell I would tell younger me to buy more of it and then keep it and don't dump it. Mm-hmm. A ridiculously low price. Well, I mean, comparatively. But I mean, yeah. hindsight's always twenty twenty. I don't think always. you should. Uh, I don't think you can or should beat yourself up over that. No. Um, no. But I mean, really, buying Bitcoin. This is this is an interesting. Um, so I mean, I got into buying Bitcoin too um, later than later than you did. Right now, I'm actually riding the tide pretty well in this Ethereum climb. 
and my my Ethereum is now worth more than my Bitcoin because I got in a little late on Bitcoin, but I got in early on Ethereum and Ethereum is now starting to to climb up. And so, you know, that's pretty fun. But I mean, this is a speculative market. It is really no different than buying stock. And it's interesting. So buying Bitcoin, you know, and getting, it's it's more like going to a casino. It's it, it's not which, even as safe as buying. It is a pure speculation. It, it's a it pure is. gamble. No, 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 no. I, I, yes. From a from like a traditional finance. Yes. Standpoint, I mean, if I you're, if you're yeah. getting. Yeah. If you're going super finance nerd on me. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. I am a non-attorney spokesman and I'm not your financial advisor. Don't do jack squat that either of us are telling you to do. OK, Frank, you are. Yeah. Frank is both a lawyer and a financial certified financial advisor. You're not helping and all of this. This constitutes actual advice. This, this is all false. <laughs> Do not listen to a word this man says. So uh, what I got into Bitcoin and I actually used that to as the as the as the gateway drug, so to speak, for actually buying stock because my company was recently acquired. And as part of that acquisition, we were shifting 401ks. That shift didn't happen right away. So I was getting. I was getting back in my paycheck all the money that I would have been dumping into the 401k. Mm. And I didn't want it to just sit there. So I th- said, all right, let's put it in some stock. And so I, you know, used that, you know, my experience with Bitcoin made me a little more comfortable to start doing the stock stuff. And I mean, the overlap is, you know, in the tooling and how it works and how you invest it, you know, like dropping in, you know, um, what do they call it? Dollar cost averaging. You drop in a few, yeah. yeah. You 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 drop in a little bit each week, each month, whatever, each paycheck, and uh, you know, seeing dollar the cost average just means it's a recurring buy that you right. set up so that you don't because timing the market is historically terrible advice. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, that it's, is to say, trying to buy high, uh, buy low, and sell, sell high, high to time the market is. You know, if you could do that, then no. The wise, uh, I mean, the no. the smart play is is buy and hold. For for yeah. I mean, unless you are a day trader and you are literally watching these things by the minute, it's it's yeah. just it's not it's just not and, e- equal, and even then an and even equal then. number of those an equal number of those own yachts as jump out of skyscrapers. So that's right. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> right, that's a good way of putting it. So you know, smart investments with a long term vision because the market naturally grow will has tended to grow over time and will likely continue to grow over time. And so that's the that's the best way to do it. Anyway, that's not the point. I bought Bitcoin. I got into Bitcoin. I saw, you know, I was doing I was learning all of these investment style elements of the, you know, of a traditional stock market player through Bitcoin. And then I just started doing it in the stock market. And it all like mentally, I was able to just, you know, make the leap pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty readily, which was which was fun and 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 interesting uh you know i'm uh, it's not many people most people would have gone the other direction you know but but i think that you're going to see you're going to see more of that now with the young and uh young uh younger generation who are just you know just getting jobs just getting started with investments there is a whole bunch of tooling that is designed to make that more accessible for a non-investor or somebody who is not familiar or comfortable with it. Um, there is this particular product and I cannot remember what it is, but it basically takes dollar cost averaging and builds a tool around it and mm-hmm. dumps it into funds for you and and those kinds of things. I'll have to find I'll, I'll see if I can find it and we'll 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 pop it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so uh, oh, that's something I wish I knew. I, it's something that I did know when I was younger uh, start investing early. First job, get that 401k, max that puppy out, max it out. Whatever matching you have, max Max, that out. Max it the F out. You you do not. First of all, matching, you're leaving money on the table, literally leaving money on the table. Yeah. So always max it out. And the higher, the more money you put in the 401k, the lower your tax bracket. So you actually end up double, you you take a double benefit because you're saving money. It's cut off pre-tax. And so your tax you, you, the taxable amount, the amount that you are taxed against every April 15th goes down. So if I made $30,000, but I put away 5000 of that, the government is going to look at me as if I made $25,000. And so, you know, you adjust for, you know, your th- that can actually you get it. You get it. Your, your money, your, your money gets. Bracket. 
Well, yeah, but that's marginal. I mean, how much you're really going to shave off there? Well, it depends the, the on which. Is, though, it depends on the bracket that you're shifting from. It's possible to shift a full bracket if you're if you're at a break point. Is my is my point? Right, but that's not applied to all of your earnings. Mm, uh, well, I mean, it no, depends common, on- common fallacy. Common fallacy. If if you have if if we define anything under ten thousand is not taxed. I'm just mm-hmm. making up my own brackets for the for the right, for the right, example. Right. And let's say ten thousand dollars in annual income yields a five percent bracket, and twenty thousand yields a ten percent bracket. Right? Sure. Let's just say that's okay. the thing. If I make nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, that's not taxed. If I make my ten thousandth dollar, that dollar gets taxed at your then marginal rate, your bracket of five percent. Right. But the first nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine don't. People right. think that like, oh, if I make one more dollar, I'll go into the next bracket and I'll get a tax hit and I'll actually wind up making less. That's not okay. The case. So, so to play out, so to play out your example, what I am saying is, I made nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Let's. I actually made. Ten thousand and one dollars. So that one dollar would be taxed. And what I'm saying is, if you instead of just taking that dollar and you know as part of your paycheck, if you turned around and preemptively put it into a pre-tax shelter like a 401k, you will not pay that tax on that dollar. So you right, are saving money, right? Because the money you put in there is essentially discounted. Right. And so so whatever your whatever your margin, let's say your marginal rates, 22 percent, you would normally get taxed 22 percent on that ten thousand dollar. You no longer get taxed that 22 cents. So mm-hmm. you so you put a dollar, you know, a dollar goes out to the to your your fund mm-hmm. and you don't send 22 cents to the IRS. Mm-hmm. So you essentially you you put you put a dollar into savings at the cost at your cost of 78 cents right so it's a it's a discounting mechanism um, yeah 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 that's it's it's smart and, and you can also the do thing. the math if you get your first job at you know 19 or 20 or whatever the age is and you start putting in money out of every paycheck to a matching 401k uh and somebody else doesn't do that i i've i've, I've done the math on this before i think at if somebody else starts at 30 Oh, it's a huge puts difference. In, puts in more to catch up. The compounding, they will never catch up They'll by never the time they're 65 or 70. Never catch up. Um, that early money is is huge. Huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yep. So start with the, and if you, if your company doesn't have a 401k, even if they don't match, you still put money in 401k because it's still pre-tax dollars and it gets your investment going. And if they don't have a 401k, you can do your own investment with IRAs. There are a gazillion different ways to do this right. kind of thing, but do it. Do it. Do not sit on this. Do it out the gate. Yeah. You will your your retirement self will kiss you full on the mouth for it. It is it is really, really important that you that yeah, you start. I, well, I say, I've seen I people screw that up. I have seen pa- a lot of past, people screw that up. Past Chris did not invest enough early enough. Really? And present 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 Chris is pretty grumpy at previous Chris for making that mistake and future really? Chris will be pissed yeah i had no idea see i that's did i not give you that advice when we were first working together for i mean oh so frank is the the fount of all knowledge all things come from the frank clearly you know that's that's obvious because we were working together you know talking to the audience for a minute you know chris and i worked together uh i met chris while you were still in school and I, I was at that point, yeah. I think three or four years out at that point, but I had already, even at that point I had, I had, uh, I was on my second job, third job, depending on how you counted. Uh, and I had already gotten my 401k rolling at the, at the, at the first position. And I'm really, yeah. I'm actually kind of mad at myself for not telling you that if we didn't actually have that conversation. We past past Chris was dumb with money. Current, if, if there is one, money. like, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. leave it at that. We'll just we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. All right. Um, we're just about out of time, but uh, I want to do something new this week because uh, no, it's OK. This is this is a no, little it's just a not. little addition. Change is bad. <laughs> I'm scared. The only constant in life is change. Chris, you know this. The only constant is change. I've never said that before in my no, life. No, I have. I say it constantly, mostly to my wife who fears change. So, yeah crap i hope she doesn't listen i'm leaving to that alone yeah I'm i leaving hope it alone. now I'm, I'm, i may delete this okay. never mind hey, we gotta end we have I, to end this because i need to make a phone call right now I love- <laughs>
I love you, honey. <laughs> totally unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to. So this is a great way. This the podcast format is a great way to make predictions because it is sealed in time and it is pushed out publicly. And so it is a it, it is a proof of of your prediction. So whenever whenever either of us has a prediction about literally anything, I think we should make it part of the show because one, it lives forever in uh, either it's either famous or infamous, depending on how it goes, I suppose. But two, it's it's just kind of fun. So I had a prediction this week. Uh, okay. And so, before we get started here, I we will not do a year end. No. Uh, what no, happened? No. Predictions or mm. a, a year? You know. Oh, did things come true? Episode after no, second. No, did, no, no, no. I nothing. You know what? I'd rather if I'm listening and I'm a huge podcast junkie. If if you have a show and you want to take the winter holidays off, then fine. Go shut up after Halloween and I'll I'll listen to you again in January. I don't want your clip shows. I don't want your <laughs> predictions. I don't want your year in review. It's garbage and I I just delete them. You're taking oh a holiday. You're taking a holiday deal with it. I also I, I'm also kind of mixed on guest hosts. I'm not sure how I feel about guest host podcasts. I'm okay. So I listen to a couple of podcasts and the format is the 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 host and a guest. Every week it's a guest. Mm-hmm. It's it it comes off very formulaic. After a while it's tough to listen to because mm-hmm. maybe uh like especially if the person's not the greatest interviewer like mm-hmm. interviewing uh, yeah. in in that kind of a con not not for a job but interviewing like a guest is a skill that's an art and yeah that's, and a, that's the guys a very... the guy's not great at it and you, you like even as somebody who even if you're not uh even if you don't know how media works that well i think i think you can still tell that it's all pre-planned. The questions are planned. Yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like I'm reading the questions and you're giving me a prepared answer and it's very flat. And I, some of the content is good enough that I stay subscribed, but like I delete every, I delete probably three or four out of five episodes because mm. it's just, I can't do it. You know? Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. We're way off track. So totally. if you want to do a prediction so and I will build, we'll use, um, well, so with the new site redesign, by the way, uh, we have a, a book section whenever we um, so in the show notes, I always do this like, you know, so and so has entered the chat format with the show mm-hmm, notes. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime we reference a, a book in a show, uh, I'll put that. And we also have a books link on the in the header with all of the books that we've referenced, what episode the reference came from. Um, we have right now, I think we did one video reference. If we if we if we have any other like video recommendations, I, I might add it into like a generalized resources kind of mm-hmm. recommendations thing mm-hmm. um but if you want to depending on what your idea is here we maybe we'll have like a prediction i think that would we'll, be we'll catalog that would be fun i think it would i think it would yeah. be fun we'll, we'll have to we'll okay. have to play we'll, we'll play it by ear i don't want to get i don't want to get too meta on the air too, here but but too, so what's your so what's your prediction okay so my prediction that tomorrow will be wednesday uh <laughs> i'm gonna keep it lightweight but i've been thinking about this for weeks so there's a new okay. show coming out on Disney Plus. It's called Loki. It's it's the follow on to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm super excited about it. And they're doing this thing where he's an alternate reality. And then he is actually going back and fixing all of the alternate time branches that he broke. And what they have implied is that he's actually going to be a player in history. And so I get they haven't said this explicitly. But what I expect to happen, though, is Loki's going to be a focal point for a bunch of major historical events, but he's not going to be visible. He'll be like an invisible hand in the background and things like that. Uh, sort of the way if you've ever played the game Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed worked like this, where the assassin was a key player in these major pivotal historical moments, but it was not the history that you ever saw in the history books. Like this person didn't exist in the history books, and yet they were fundamental to the event that you, mm-hmm. that you are playing or witnessing as, as the gamer. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I have this prediction uh, about Loki and I thought, OK, which ones would they do? So I was racking my brain on what I knew about history and where they might go with this. I mean, that's a, this is a big space. So I that's, came up, that's a that's a quick self dialogue, right? Yeah. So what I, you know about history. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what two, maybe three minutes tops, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, America started and uh, anything before that was a mistake. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Stuff, you know. <laughs> so I had so I, I narrowed it down. I tried to go with the one that I was 100 percent as close as I could get to 100 percent confidence what they would do. So my prediction okay. is that Loki in the show will be db cooper 
Do you know who D.B. Cooper is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this is the guy. He robs a bank. He gets in a plane going over the, you know, on the West Coast of the United States back in the, I want to say, middle 70s. It was in the 70s, and yeah. he's got like, a, I don't know how much cash, hundred thousands or millions of bank, dollars in cash and duffel bags. He, he gets a plane, takes off, and then literally jumps out over the forest and is never seen or heard never from again. Disappears again. with all this money. Disappears yeah. with the money. Deep. Several bills. Uh, the bills were marked. Uh, some of the bills, a few of the bills have, have surfaced. Very oh, few. A couple. Have, okay. a couple have been found, but never. The, and they couldn't trace it. They couldn't, and they trace couldn't, find, him, couldn't yeah. find him. No trace. He vanished. He jumped into the air and vanished. It's the coolest story. If you yeah. want. I mean, like, take some time and, and read. And the people who are trying to find him, like, it, it's a whole it's the, a whole thing. There's a whole thing. People dedicate their lives trying to find out who D.B. Cooper is. And, and there were copycats. And I can tell you, I've read the accounts. They did not end well. <laughs> They did not end well. So, so uh, again, in what I think, so I am very confident that at some point in the show, Loki is going to be DB Cooper. And I am, so you I don't am think, super so you, confident that this okay, is going so, to happen because it's okay, such so a cool story and it's totally Loki style. <laughs> so that's in the prediction now. That's in the prediction. Uh, but as, a, as, an, as an aside to that, so your assessment is that they're going to be going through stories that are kind of unexplained mysteries to this not just like oh they're doing big historical events but they'll specifically focus in on like weird unexplained you know i like think D. they're gonna Cooper, focus Roanoke yes. style yes i think they're gonna focus okay. in on now that may not be the entire i don't think that's going to be the entire story some of it i mean look at what they did with endgame they had a lot of fun with timelines in endgame and i think you're gonna see a lot of that kind of stuff where People run, you know, him running in there. I'm, I'm betting on a few MCU um, uh, cameos that are going to pop in, mm -hmm. you know, through this alternate timeline stuff. Really fun. Fans love that crap. And I'm really looking forward to it. But I also think that they're going to have some of these things where he is a pivotal player in a historical event to correct the thing that broke. And mm -hmm. I am really confident that one of them is going to be D.B. Cooper. I really okay. am. And I'm going to be disappointed if not, because it just sounds so much fun. <laughs> that's a that's a prediction. When I get this, we're going to have to revisit. We're going to have to curate these as yes. soon as you're wrong. The page is going to bright, bright red <laughs> flashing. I don't think any browsers support the blink tag anymore, but we're going to try the theory. <laughs> <laughs> we'll th we'll throw some uh, we'll throw some flash in there. Some obligatory oh fight. We'll make we'll, we'll make that thing blink. So I have to break out my action script skills. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's your there's your prediction. We'll see how. Uh, whoops, that not that one. We'll see how that goes. Wow, <laughs> I am totally screwing up my soundboard here. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, we still we we don't have that qualified professional. We're still maybe waiting someday, for a qualified professional. Yeah, maybe someday we'll get it. If you are a qualified professional or if you have thoughts about the show, please reach out. Feedback at refactor.work. Uh, you can find all of our show notes, back catalog, book recommendations at refactor.work. Newly redesigned. Find Frank's other ramblings on the Internet at www.hotcoals.com. I just Myself, posted about the at, podcast, too, by the way. I put a little thing did, up there. Right. So a little bit of a, bl yeah, that was a blurb well, for people to check out. Since I haven't was well written. Yeah, since I haven't since I haven't written in almost a year. Well, so yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are at chris.tonkinson.com. And uh, this has been episode 24 um, of the Refactored Podcast. Good Thanks stuff, y'all. See you. <laughs>